Welcome to the Old School Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. Thank you. Okay, so it's time for me to share for 18 minutes um, and to tell you what I was like, um, what happened, and what I'm like now, including how and why I stay abstinent today. Um, my name is Mitch. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, and again, I'd like to thank, uh, thank you all for having me, giving me an opportunity to be of service. Um, I've been in the program since January of uh, 2019. And um, coming this January, um, middle of January, I will have two years of abstinence. Um, so um, tell you a little bit about my growing up and my relationship to food. Um, I guess one of the things I remember the most is always wanting to clear my plate. Um, as a result, I was uh, a little on the chubby side. Um, and I remember as I got older, being self-conscious, especially in middle school, having to take my shirt off um, to play shirts and shirts and skins kinds of games. Um, and um, my parents did a lot of entertaining in the summertime and they had pool parties and they would, um, my mother loved to bake and she had a whole freezer full of frozen cookies and cakes. And um, I often snuck uh, late at night, I'd go down to the freezer and um, wouldn't bother defrosting anything, just um, uh, went into the cakes and the cookies. Um, and I've also had a lifelong struggle with um, uh, social anxiety, and it would it would be in, in these kind of parties. It would be um, personal parties, um, any kind of social gathering, and and I would always go to the food and take comfort in it. Um, and I would go for the seconds and the thirds, go there and take a first round and just see what was good, and then keep on going back. Um, as I grew older, um, I was actually never more than about 20 pounds overweight. Um, but the real problem for me was that my digestion became more and more sensitive. And by the time um, I hit about 50, um, I was starting to um, have a difficult time um, with the amount of food that I was eating, just a regular meal. Um, it was less and less um, able to um, eat normal portions, but it didn't stop my compulsive overeating. And as a result, um, what would happen to me when I did a little bit of overeating and it didn't take a whole lot is that I would get, I'd feel really sick and bloated um, and I couldn't eat through it. And as a result, I wound up having to skip, skip numerous meals and, um, or reduce my, um, the normal meals that I was having. 
Um, and as a result, over about 15 years, I lost about 50 pounds. Um, now, I'm six feet tall, and I got at my lowest weight about 117 pounds. Um, and um, as, the disease, as the disease would have it, I never realized until I came into the program um, that all that losing weight was not necessary, that it was my compulsive eating that was doing it, not, as I was saying, just because I had a sensitive digestive system, which was true and is still very true. Um, and that was shocking to me to realize that. Um, and as a result of, um, I, I became obsessed with trying to bake um, and uh, natural, healthy desserts. And I would make uh, custom uh, grains. Um, and I really got into the science of it. But after a few days, it uh, didn't matter how healthy it was, I could not control um, my portions. Um, when I became, um, at the age of 59, now I'm 72 years old now, um, and I was diagnosed with um, prostate cancer. Um, a couple of years later, um, I noticed that my wife was not doing well, and she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Um, at the same time, my father was dying, and my stepson was relapsing. Um, and I turned to um, spiritual and religious studies at that time. Um, but the thing that I discovered was that Alzheimer's was the greatest spiritual teacher that I've ever had. Um, and over about seven or eight years, my wife going through this long, slow goodbye, um, slowly lost the ability to walk, even though there was nothing wrong with her legs, uh, was not unable to feed herself. Um, and for the last three years of her life, um, I couldn't understand a word she says, although she talked a lot. Um, and it was a process. What I learned is just letting go um, and just being in the moment. And um, as she lost things, um, I just decided, okay, what's left and how can I connect with that? Um, but what was going on simultaneously was that uh, this was forcing me to um, open up um, and to take more risks. Um, and I found my life uh, being stretched and my desire to take care of my life. My wife um, put me in new situations and um, it turned out that um, all these amazing things were happening and my life was opening up um, and I was doing things that I couldn't, didn't dream of before and finding myself more and more confident. Um, and I also noticed that, that there was a grace that was happening to me and this, my spiritual life was developing. 
And I didn't understand what, what, what was going on that would allow me to feel in many ways happier than I'd ever been, um, more at peace with myself, more involved in my life, um, more out in the world. Um, but even though this was happening and my life was in a flow and um, it didn't affect my, um, my eating and I was still a compulsive overeater. And it wasn't until um, my wife died in 2018 and it wasn't until January that I decided to come to, to OA. And I've got a couple of sisters who are in the program, um, one of them for almost 40 years. So I was very familiar with it. Um, but what happened is, is that um, I found myself um, binging in a way that I had never done before with an intensity that scared me. Um, and that's what got me to reach out. Um, And one of the, the early things in, in reading the big, the big book and being exposed to that in the meetings that I went to was that it was talk about, about intuition and that that intuition was God's way of, of speaking to us. That and inspiration. Um, and I realized that I had been interested in studied and been open to my own intuition for about 50 years. Um, That's nine minutes. Thank you. Um, but I'd always taken credit for it. And it wasn't until I started to look at it as, as something that God gave me as a gift that allowed me to open up to um, looking and finding through the big book um, a relationship that was personal with that I had um, that I was never able to find before. Um, I had um, done a lot of studying. I had done a lot of different explorations uh, in, in different religions and different practices. But it wasn't until I went and did a, um, a year-long weekly big book study um, and doing some of the worksheets there, and particularly about where I was asked to define my own personal relationship with God and what I would want. And that seemed audacious to me. It seemed sort of sacrilegious from what I understood, but that understanding also kept me at bay from having any kind of personal relationship. So um, I'm very, very grateful um, to have had that experience and, and to have the big book do that. Um, now I participated in, in, in the big book, in that workbook, in that work study for a whole year, but I only did um, a fair amount of work on the fourth step, but I never completed it. Um, and um, I realized that it was really about my um, perfectionism that was really creating a block for me. Um, 
And when it came time to my first um, first uh, birthday of my abstinence, I was asked to lead a meeting. Um, and I, to no surprise to me, experienced a lot of severe anxiety. Um, and I was at one point so desperate, I just sat down and, and prayed only to be of use. And I was shocked that the fear just dissolved. Um, and I was aware that that really it was about procrastination for me was, and the fear was about looking good. And it was this relationship to a higher power allowed me to start having ideas about doing good. Now, my program at this point is going to a, a minimum of two meetings a week, uh, doing numerous service positions. Um, this is the third time I shared at a meeting. And um, even though I told you the story about, about meditating and um, having the fear dissipate, um, I still had a, a, a lot of fear and I've spent lots of time preparing and um, I have a sense that I'm going to fail myself. You know, it's like not tell my story um, effectively enough. Um, most days I meditate um, and I read OA literature for today and Voices for Recovery. Um, I did a, a for six months, I did a, a twice a month uh, contemplative prayer, um, and I found that wonderful. Um, it helped me to have a healthy relationship to my thoughts and to be non-judgmental about what was going on, um, and that there was really no right way to pray um, or to meditate. Um, one of the things that um, the areas I'd like to develop further are um, to be able to pitch at meetings, uh, to do outreach calls, uh, to work the steps, and to have a close relationship with a sponsor. I did have a sponsor, um, but I didn't take advantage of, of working with him, and I realized that it was really a lot of fear and vanity um, of not being good enough um, and being stuck and looking good. Um, and when I started to prepare for this and think about this a couple of days ago in my meditation, um, I had a, an inspiration that um, I realized that I've been thinking about getting a sponsor for, for most of this year and I haven't taken any action on it and my, my thoughts have just been spinning around and I decided that what I would do today is just to, to put out that um, I'm looking for a sponsor, a male sponsor. Um, and if anybody is interested in and has availability, um, I put my number on um, underneath my picture and would certainly welcome any calls. So um, with that, I think I will um, wind up. So thank you for the opportunity of uh, speaking today and hopefully of being of service. <laughs>